It's all screwed up out there, man. But you don't need me to tell you that. You already know. Welcome to Deep Americana. Hello, I'm Ray Carney. Today we'll be interviewing Reverend Gabriel T. Williams. He plays a pretty mean guitar for the band Elite. He'll elaborate a little bit about that, about music. We'll talk about the um, COVID experience as, a, as his experience happened and how that's affected him. With that, Gabe, you want to tell us, you know, tell us about your experience. Um, say right now, say, you know, your experience in the last few months with, uh, with your experience through COVID and your job. Yeah, yeah. Uh, amongst uh, other things that I do, like he said, that I, I, I do what, exactly what, what Ray says that I do. I also happen to uh, uh, be an HVAC, licensed HVAC technician. Yeah. Uh, I was uh, the service manager of a company, a fairly large company, and I won't say release any names or anything like that, but um, a, a large new construction company. I had over 20 technicians under me. Um, and fairly shortly, I was in, it was in March, um, I started getting an upper respiratory illness. Uh, it was right around when officially COVID quarantine was, was um, coming down. They were already making the stay-at-home order. But they were being very specific about if you have uh, any kind of upper respiratory, you need to contact us. And I had good insurance. I got in touch with my Kaiser insurance. Um, They uh, were extremely helpful. My doctor, who has been our doctor for years, um, instantaneously put both my wife and I on a COVID-19 doctor-oriented quarantine. Um, That was the first one. It was a 14-day quarantine. Now, coming out of that 14 days, uh, I was still sick, uh, actually not really showing any signs of getting better. And it actually had one point where it had definitely turn, you know, taken a turn. And they weren't wanting to test me because officially I'm not in, uh, you know, well, to begin that statement again, they didn't have many tests. So because they didn't have many tests, they had qualifiers for if you got to be tested. I didn't meet those qualifiers because I wasn't in the age category. My fevers weren't high, high enough. Uh, I hadn't been really having constant fever. It was mostly completely in my chest situation. Right. Well, I let my doctor know, you know, I'm not getting any better. She instantly put me on another 14 day quarantine, um, got me, um, on a, a medication, just basically like an inhaler, uh, to help me and, um, uh, a cough suppressant, like a, you know, a good codeine oriented type of cough suppressant. Then, uh, and I've been in, obviously, you know, because you asked about the employer, I was in constant contact with the employer, making sure that as soon as I got my doctor's notes, and those notes said COVID-19 quarantine. Right. Couldn't do it. They weren't long doctor's notes. We're talking like two sentences. Right. (laughs) Um, We, uh... Uh, I was in contact with them. Every single time I got one from the doctor, I sent it to them. The third one went into play. 
and it, they didn't just call it COVID-19. Uh, she also called it acute bronchitis and got me going. Uh, she was worried about it going to pneumonia, and so she got me on an antibiotic. And in that time, my employer drove up from Parker to Loveland, came up here, took away my van, took away my phone, uh, took away my tablet, and I was no longer the service manager of said HVAC company. Right. My employment was terminated wrongfully in the midst of a national quarantine situation, stay-at-home order. He broke my quarantine. He also brought up uh, our HR girl. They both broke my house or my whole quarantine to come up here and take my vehicle and my possessions away. Um, wow. Uh, and my job, obviously. Right, 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 uh, they right. tried to tell me on, on my street, and I, uh, it's so funny when you wish people were around to hear exactly how blatantly um, wrong people can be. Right, but, right. Um, he, he tells me, uh, well, by you filing for unemployment, you uh, you resigned. <laughs> I I talked, and he didn't even say lawyer. He's like, I talked to um, I talked to um, legal, and then he told me that by you filing for unemployment, you had officially resigned. And I was like, no, that's not the case. Right. My words, almost word for word, was that's not the case. Not only did I not resign. You will not be receiving a letter of resignation from me. I'm not quitting. Right. You're coming up here and you're firing me. I was allowed to file for unemployment while under quarantine. Right. You guys weren't paying me some kind of PTO. I wasn't getting paid time off. I wasn't getting vacation time or something weird like that. I wasn't getting anything from my employer. Right. Let's make that very fucking clear. When I... Uh, sorry, I don't know if I can cuss on you. Yeah, you can. You can. You're fine. Okay, cool. But I was not getting anything from my employer when I filed for unemployment. I got right. unemployment. Right. And let's yeah. put it this way. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. you know. And I know in some people's cases, the, the money that they made with the government. Can I, can I, can I interject for, for just a second, Gabe? I want to point something out. And so this, I, I, and I'm pretty sure lots of people have went through this with their employers. There's a lot of people that haven't gotten stimulus checks. There's a lot of people that their taxes are screwed up. And then we have a dude killed on TV, right? That blatant, uh, horrible misuse of power. And yes. then, and then we have people protesting. Guess what? People that don't have money that are hungry are probably going to kick a window in and get some food. Sorry. Right. I mean, that's, yeah, anyways. Post you probably saw on, on our band page today, and, you know, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll say right now, our, our band is very prolifically on the surface of the injustices going on. Yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. And as you know, Ray, we are taking a, a daily stance, a multiple times a day, daily stance. <laughs> multiple times an hour sometimes. <laughs> yeah, exactly, I mean, 
I mean, what, what else do we have time to do? Right, you right, know? right. Okay. Um, well, I, I take that back because, you know, sometimes I, I really feel like there's that obvious, we should be in, in the front, front line of this. But what, what is, but what is the front, front line? I mean, like, you've got to really break that down with this, like being on the internet, you're going to reach billions of people with what you're saying going and protesting you're going to reach people too so i just want to point out i feel like the front line is everything and however you can support shit Hell yeah. Combat in the Society for Creative Anachronism. And oh, yeah. So, uh, you know, I've got a giant monster shield out in my garage in my shop right now. Right. You know, that's ready for me to, my whole suit's out there. I could suit up, I could go down, and, and like, like we were discussing in that conversation in person last uh -huh. week. Uh -huh. and, you know, there's that part of me that wants to, like, walk down in there. There's another part of me that's on another sense of that. Uh, and I posted this inside of a, a group the other day. Um, and it actually just started taking some traction today where I think people realize, notice it as a comment. But I said, if you need shields built, contact me and we can discuss many options yeah. for legitimate shields. Uh, cool. Because I build shields. Right. From medieval combat. Right. <laughs> that's, a, that's, that's, pretty, that's pretty amazing. The, uh, yeah. Well, these guys need to be better armored. Right. I, you know, you know, speaking of that, I was talking to a good friend of mine about a different way to protest. And right now, one of the more beautiful things that's came out of it is the umbrella, bringing an umbrella to, to you know, so tear gas isn't hitting you and all sorts of other shit. Absolutely. Yeah. And so I think shields would be potent. Yeah, Spartan, Spartan formation, Spartan formation. What then? Okay, okay. Okay. Cool. Cool, man. Right. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. So what they're doing with with their umbrellas is that exact formation. What I would love to see people doing is using real shields because uh, yeah. umbrellas can be torn. No, torn, yeah, be, totally. It's 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 helping get. Don't get me wrong. It is better than nothing. Right, right, right. But if I could outfit, say, a unit of fifteen people. Right. That that you know that would be amazing. Um, you know, would be amazing. Well, uh, I, I'm sitting. I'm almost considering. I've got so much freaking plywood here. I'm thinking out loud now. You said you wanted the conversation. Well, now I'm thinking out loud. I've got all this freaking plywood here. 
It's just sitting around not being used. You know, you know what? You you will make shields. I would make oil paintings. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what a painter does. Um, right. I mean, bro, you um, you know about my older brother Pat uh, down in Bolivia a lot of the time. And, yeah. And in, and in Mexico. Yeah. And one of the things he's a political science major, has five degrees from UC San Diego. Yeah. And his biggest. Biggest thing, he made a movie on it that got uh, produced on Bolivian public television that uh, was about the graffiti during two different time periods. The time period before the coup mm-hmm. in Bolivia, where people were being oppressed, the, 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 the artwork of the oppressed. Right. Right. And then the, con- the contradiction, uh, I don't want to say, I'm sorry, not the contradiction, but the contrast of, of that. After the coup, right. because the revolutionaries won, right, and Bolivia became beautiful for a very long time. That changed about six months ago, eight months ago. Yeah, but prior to that, because of that coup, Bolivia became one of the internationally looked at most importantly uh, working correctly governments in the world. Right, right up there with Norway and Sweden and. We're talking the best governments internationally. Bolivia was in those like top five for some years until some bullshit kind of a the 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 coup that wasn't legitimately a coup. The coup the CIA took uh, put in essentially what we have now in Bolivia is an American based uh, president again, which Mm -hmm. means that. Everything that the Bolivian coup originally started just got taken away from them right. in a huge way. Right. But prior to that happening, man, the, this was all based off of the, the, the art, the graffiti, and what what he documented beautifully was the contrast of the pre-coup, the full revolutionary "We are an oppressed people" yeah. artwork. Yeah. Um, they, they could be found. Uh, uh, disappear, you know, people disappear because of being those artists. Right. And then after the coup, all of that artwork, he had places where he had, what was really cool was him doubling up the image and making one image disappear while adding the new image. Uh-huh. The old art was gone and there was this new image across the top and it was so freedom oriented it's like what we see in Central America when when other things have happened down there through the years the the art you as a painter are the heart of the movement you are the visual part of the movement because you get to express it through paintings which uh, when take it way back into European pre-expressionist painting and shit I mean the, all the artists have always been the revolutionaries you know right yeah yeah, they have. Well, you got you got to think back in the Roman times. Art was considered a fucking science, and like it's 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 an like creativity, not just visual two dimensional art, but creativity. And that's the thing. It's like if you if you want to really look at some beautiful shit, look at Otto Dix, look at George Gross. 
um, I don't know sure which one, but one of them was a German when the Nazi shit was going on and he owned a printing press and this motherfucker got arrested every week for making anti-Nazi art in his printing press, you know, and it's like, that is where, and the thing about it is it's a language that unless you're paying attention, you may not understand all of it. And so you can get a lot in. That's why comic books... Okay, so like, think, think about Grant Morrison, think about Sigil Magic, think about multiple realities. Yeah. You know, he really pushed it. A lot of people don't realize The Matrix is just a, a shitty telling of The Invisibles comic that they clearly ripped off. If you look, it's panel for panel. But he didn't go sue him because he knew he was perpetuating that idea that he was trying to get through. And I think we... As a culture, right now, we're worried about me, mine, what I have, my accumulation, instead of the ideas of community and helping each other. And that's why we're seeing these breakdowns, people killing each other, you know, like government's not giving a shit about people that can't feed themselves. Just all sorts of, you know, racial violence that, you know, it's goddamn 2020 shouldn't be happening. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know. Yeah, go for uh, it. Uh, essentially, as as the media is trying to gain any kind of traction on something this new, and we can take it back to when when the original COVID, the big art, you know, that people are you know kind of disregarding. They ignore completely ignored at first. Completely ignored. Right. Statistics are constantly shifting. Their stories are shifting. What the scientists are telling them is changing. Their stories are having to change. And to me, that doesn't mean that they're bad press. It doesn't mean that they're bad at their jobs. Like a lot of people are attack attacked the media. And I'm just mm -hmm. like, there, there might be some specific media that I'm unpleased with. But for the most part, what I understand, and when you really watch, you have to watch the whole grand uh, picture of what's happening with the media that day. Right. Right, right, right. The lady who was in her home and got shot eight times. 
times in her bed. With a no-knock warrant, we might add. Well, it's a manifestation of that anger, too, from the beginning, you know? It's, it's fucking, t to be honest, it's terrifying, you know? Because we're not, I mean, to look at it, and I agree 100%, you have to look at it from all angles. But it's, you know, it, we, we have media as such in today's day and age that, like, whenever, whatever put out the uh, unemployment rate, right? The next day, you know, they had skewed that, you know, and that can be um, a screw up, right? Or that could be something trying to be manipulated. And I feel like a lot of people are terrified and they don't know how to process that. And so when you see that from your government and then you go over here to the media, what the hell else are you going to think? You know what I mean? It's, it's really hard to process and not everybody has had the chance to do research and, and, and other things, or even knows how to do research. Well, here's the thing. Here's why it's, the, the unemployment one is kind of fucking just dumb to me. The fact that they try, are, we're trying to pull it off as a government as saying that, oh, we just saved, as a government, we just saved the worst unemployment rate. No. Right, right. They're just, they don't yeah. They're going back to their jobs. Right. That wasn't a fucking giant change right. in fucking unemployment, you dumbasses. Right, These right. Right, right, right. Because of the fucking pandemic, you douche. Right. You know? Right. You, obviously. No, 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 no. No, man, and that's, dude, that's, that, that's, you know, that's, that's, a, this is a huge deal in this stuff because we're in uncharted waters. We just, hell, we're having a, uh, I'll call it almost a racial uh, revolution to where we're get, getting our world better to where we don't have so much of the systemic racist bullshit. Um, at all, you know, hopefully. Uh, but it's like, you know, like we, I don't even know if we've all contemplated what's about to happen. You know, like it's possible that everyone, you know, people could be completely sick now too. You know what I mean? And it's, it's just, it's, it's, uh, we live in a real crazy world right now.
most of the fucking country doesn't even a believe that that many fucking people have died. The other part of the population, like you said, is still in sh- kind of in shock about that number. They're smart and they know it's still rising. So thinking about it as that number is just bullshit. Like today I hit, oh my gosh, let's all look at this and to over a hundred thousand. It's like yeah, and rising, mm-hmm. and it's gonna be three hundred thousand after the fucking come fucking August. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's uh, I I think we're we're not out of the woods yet. You gotta hang on and and and, you know, treat treat each treat each other a lot nicer than we have been, and understand that the very foundation of the problem with the COVID, with the uh, people that have been killed and race racial injustice, things of that nature, like we, you know, we gotta learn to be fucking nicer to each other. Period. And we need to get rid of systemic racism, period. Um, Absolutely. I mean, uh, all of it. I, I, I think part of that, seeing, seeing like Minneapolis uh, vote and, and to abolish their police departments as they stand now. And, right. And this became a major controversial thing on our band page the other day when our band posted that and stood behind that idea the whole defunding of police and everything and everybody's like oh that means you just want law and smirk it's like no we want a community run we want social workers to do the things social workers should be out here doing to help facilitate the community not people in places of power that are trying to sell drugs or have sex with people or whatever right we don't want our armed tactical force to go out unless they're needed and our armed tactical force will be an expertly trained they will have gone through a way better uh, uh, hiring quality for ethical responsibility and such they, they will be a better quality human to begin with just from the hiring standpoint yeah. then they'll be trained in different ways than our police have been trained now yes they'll be trained in all the tactical ways that they need to be fucking trained to deal with a goddamn tactical situation but they will also be trained and wanting to be trained because that's what they're going to be signing up for yeah. to be a better human to be the next generation of better community law enforcement right right and that's you know that's it leads me to like like you know how we deal with homeless people or, or junkies in a lot of states you arrest them and put them in jail and it's like no that isn't how you do that either and that's we've got we've got a ways to go but i think i think we get there i think it's understanding black lives do matter um I mean, somebody made a post, and I mean, yeah, it's a big generalization, but at the same time, I, I, I 100% agree with it, but I don't just agree with it from the standpoint of Black Lives Matter, but, but way more so from it. But let's just use um, um, weed in Colorado as the example. Yeah, do it. Uh, anybody who was busted for a weed-only offense, but their point was very specifically, any black man who was... Uh, busted on a weed only offense needs to be set free. Yeah, that would be amazing. Straight. That would be fucking phenomenal. That's, you know, and, and I think that should be pushed even further. And because people. They got arrested for being black. Do what? Because they got arrested for being black. Right, you're right. They got, they got a stereotype. I've got a, an insight there. I'll get I got a little, little story here, I'll tell you. When I was younger, I uh, was driving 
little bit too fast on the way back from college. And I had my head shaved and I had a giant beard and I looked Muslim. And so long story short, like I'm driving like 45 and a 35 and the cops have been trying to pull me over for about six blocks, but I have no idea they're behind me. Right. And so, you know, I'm listening to Jimi Hendrix, I'm jamming out, whatever. So I finally pull over and like, get out of the car. I'm like, holy shit. But anyways, I get out and they're detaining me for stealing my own car because I look Muslim, right? Um, or some other nationality. Well, hold on. Let me finish up. Um, and so, I only want to interject by saying, okay. Right, 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 right. It was a, yeah, it was definitely, it's, that's another narrative, you you know, and it's, but, and so anyways, they detained me for about three hours on the side of the road. And I, you know, and so I'm sitting there, they're searching me, all sorts of shit. And finally, it comes back, you know, it's my car. I'm Ray Carney. I'm a, a white person. So like, they let me go and I had been drinking. And so that, that shows you that story right there really depicts our race, what racial stuff, how bad the stereotyping is. Had I been Muslim or that other descent, I would have went to jail. You would have been fucked. Right. Well, no, right. They, they would have, it, it just like, and, and it depicts this. Right. And they're just fine and they're not trying to kill you, period. They're just trying to fucking live. Right. Well, dude, all right, hold on. Let me throw this in here. Um, Okay. So now I'm glad you pointed the the Muslim uh, portion of that out. Now let's think back when we've had as much fear as we've had in the past three months was around 9-11, which was focused at Muslims. And so it's no wonder this guy, this black man, George Floyd, got killed like that as well. If that, you know what I mean? It's like people, when they're in fear, they hyper-focus as well. Oh, yeah. You know? The people who have been anti, the people who are anti-Muslim, and, and this is people, I've had to be eliminating friends off of my, my Facebook page. And some of these, you, right. you know, one of them is about to break, one of them is straight about to fucking break my heart. We've been close to best friends since junior high school. Right. I can't tell you how many birthdays we shared together, not just mine and his, but other birthday parties that we threw for all of our fucking friends. All of, not all of whom, but a ton of whom are just like him. Redneck, fucking bullshit point of view, trying to think they're not racist, racist motherfuckers. Right, right, right. No, it's, it is a, it's a thing. Right. I've tried to have patience because of how old our friendship is and what it means to me, and knowing that once I, when I make that decision, it's it's real. It's going to be real for them, as real as as real as it is for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No. 
It is. I, I've had people block me. I generally don't block people. I might unfriend them, but like I've had a few people be combative and come over to my page. In in which, if you're you're slinging that racism, you know, I'm probably gonna make you block me. <laughs> um, Okay. And if I see a lot of it pop up, like, and I have that because I'll ask some pretty charged questions on my posts, right? And I give a little, not a leeway to be racist or bigoted, but, you know, if you're on the right side, I'll let you talk, just like if you're on the left side, if that makes sense. Um, when it When it dips into you know, name calling, uh, racial slurs, anything like that is I generally try to step in because in my mind, no, I don't, I, I don't adhere to racism period. I was raised extremely racist, but at the same point, well, guess what? I, when I was younger, I was racist cause I was raised that way. Right. But I wasn't, it wasn't me abdicating that I had lots of I have multicultural friends. It's just, there was reinforcement there. Um, and it's something I've been able to shed. And so with that being said, other people can do that too. Um, I think it becomes a very much an educational issue. Um, and we have mo the most piss poor education in this country, uh, from like adolescent to adult until you're paying for it, you know, and it, it does. I believe there should be a history. I mean, we all know that they taught you Christopher Columbus, Columbus was a hero, right? Um, and, and found America, which is complete bullshit. And I think if we were up front with people when they were learning, we had a chapter that said, or several chapters that pointed out like, yes, these people that founded America were slave owners, so on and so forth, not to make it okay to explain what it is, you know, so you can talk about that. Because I know that we, we have chapters on the Constitution, and I guarantee you nothing says most of these motherfuckers were slave owners, right? And so it's I'm not advocating for racism, right? I'm advocating for knowledge towards these subjects as well. I don't think there's anything wrong blocking someone saying something you don't like. That's, that's good to do too. I'm dumb and think I can get people to come around. That's okay. Where, 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 it, where it changes for me is, like, I don't even have to interact with some of these motherfuckers that I've been blocked. Right, um, right, right. I, I go over to their page. I look at their blatantly either, you know, not just racist, but their, their comments on their own racist posts and in the comments of their friends on their posts. Right, right. And I make an educated decision right then and there if they're a worthless piece of shit or not. Now, I want to read you a, a conversation because something that you brought up made me want to uh, get this across to you because you also, you were brought up in a, a racist household and you're the first generation removed, essentially, breaking away from from that racism now uh, the person i'm going to talk about it's not that he came from a racist family and, and actually kind of the opposite he was one of those white americans who decided upon himself because of his views at the time of what people he was around he became a major white supremacist and when i say that i i, I want to make it abundantly clear that he was not just a white supremacist. He was the personal bodyguard to the number one white supremacist in the whole American movement. Okay? For years. He protected this man. Lots okay. of pictures to show it. 
Um, just just to be clear, I'm not into white supremacy. <laughs> no, no. It, it, so what he did was come out of it himself. He he backed out of it and realized that it wasn't him, but it was a choice that he had to fucking make. But his story, when you listen to his story and, and Wes, inter- Wes talked to him one point, I don't know if it was officially interviewed, but I think it was. Um, um, but I told him the other day, I was like, uh, these were my words to him. I was like, man, I just want you to know, and, and he just lost his father less than a week ago. And I was telling him that, you know, my condolences and grievance and stuff. And after we had gotten past that, I was just like, man, I just want you to know how proud as a human I am that you made the changes in your life that you did. I wish there was a good way to get your story of a 180 degree turn away from racism out there. This is the time for people to see hope towards. No, yeah, that would be amazing. Right. Because people think that they can't be saved. I was like, but you were living proof. And here's his response. The biggest problem is they, and, and, and before I even say this, this is the reality. This is what you and I and Roman talked about the other day, and this is Chris saying it specifically. The biggest problem is they have to want it. Most people who are in that position either like the power of being bullies or they actually agree with the rhetoric they are preaching, and those people just can't be reached. Right. I think okay. that I and a few others were the select few. One can always hope, though. Right. But for the most part, what we're looking at is, and, and Tanya found a statement that said this, and I had also seen it online, that pretty much basically says, don't try and help the ones that aren't helpable. Stop trying to change them. Stop trying to change one out of 100,000. Start trying to organize the people who do agree with what you're talking about. Because that's what we need to do. We need to organize. Yeah, so what? We're going to change a few minds here and there. That's not what we're trying to do. We're trying to organize and get fucking shit done. And we need to stop worrying about changing one individual. We need to change the whole fucking system and make it illegal to fucking be that way. Right. That's, you know, and and that's that's a good thing, too. Just because I try to help people doesn't mean that I'm not organizing and helping people too, though. You know, so. Oh, straight, straight. You know, but yeah, yeah. Generally. In the grand scheme, I haven't changed one, not one of my friends from that I've known since grade school up till now that have engaged in one of these conversations with me on Facebook. Not one of them has changed their mind because of what I've said. Right. Okay. Or what anybody else has said. They've argued their point just as strongly, and at the very end of their argument, they have either left the conversation, left our band page, done whatever. Right, right, right. Well, that's, you know... That's... Roman's blocking people fucking left and right. Yeah, I know, I know. Me and him have some commentary on there as well. You know, I hell, I had a post the other day that people perceived as racist that I took down because, you know... We're all fallible in what we're trying to say, regardless of what we think we're doing, period. Um, but, and yeah, there, if you go to my page right now, I think Roman actually pointed out, wow, some of these guys are kind of racist, right? One of the guys, I, I think, has mental problems. 
and is very slow. Like, he's probably handicapped, right? And he's not coming on there slinging racial slurs. He's coming on there just just really like a slow person. Um, and then another guy, you know, he has, I, I believe, more of a left-leaning opinion. Or not left, but right. Um, and, and that is something that I, that I see a lot of distinction of, is that it's good people are getting blocked, right? But the other thing is you're all individual, you know, and so if you think you can say one person do it. If you can't get away from it and shut that out. So it doesn't fuck your head up. Right. I mean, I, uh, and in, in no way am I advocating for people to be racist. I mean, it's to me the stupidest shit. You know, I, I learned about racism at probably the age of 10. And even though I was being raised pretty racistly, uh, I had a lot of black friends. I had multicultural friends, but it's, um, I do believe people can change. I do believe when people are so deep-rooted through generations of hate that it's really hard to change that, and we should have laws against racist shit. The, that's what got me on the first case in Georgia of the guy getting, you know, basically hunted on video, um, is that there's no hate crimes in Georgia. I was like, gee, what? <laughs> I was like, how is this even possible? You know, it's just, it's... Manipulate. Organized. Uh, they're allowed to be organized, uh, and they've never been considered. And it's been brought up multiple times my entire adult life, and even back before I was an adult. Yeah. These organizations should be outlawed and considered right. hate. Right. A hundred. A hundred. A hundred percent. Let's. That and that part of this. This really drives me nuts because it's like obviously these people have a history of hanging innocent people. Because they don't like their skin tone, but yet we're going to let them organize. And then all of a sudden, the president steps up and says, Oh boy, yeah. Is a terrorist organization. Which is bullshit. Which is bullshit. Not only is it bullshit, but he names the first organization, internal American organization, as an internal terrorist organization. As an organization that has nowhere nearly the, let's go into the word again, organization that <laughs> right, man, right. has right. or the neo-Nazis or any of those other well, nationalist groups. Have you, let, let me add this Antifa in. Isn't right, no, it is It is not at all. It's a complete bull, bullshit assessment of it. Have you guys, have you seen the Black Klansmen? That's a really good depiction of how this shit works. The, it's by Spike Lee and it's about a uh, African American who um, infiltrates the KKK undercover. It's amazing. And it happened in Colorado in like the 70s. And it ends up going up to like a govern, governor, you know. You should check it out. It is phenomenal. It's by Spike Lee. Um, it is a, a really good resource. And it's, I don't know. Anyways, we've been, what, what do you want to add here, Gabe? We've been, we're almost about an hour or so. into what Roman and I write right. and is is always been based around personal freedom, legitimate freedom from from and away from organized religion, away 
from corruption of government, away right. from an empirical nature of what seems to be human nature. And, right, and, greed. You know, like a ton of our, what our story is, is going towards is trying to leave this planet and go out into the universe as a non-empirical force. And a force that isn't leaving and going out into space the first time in order to uh, go out and, and conquer the next planet we find. We, we can't right. be a race of humans that thinks that we get to walk around and dictate... And conquer everything for no reason. Yeah, no, you... Uh, yeah. <laughs> right. right, right, right. What you just did as a human was achieve something great. You climbed that mountain. Trust me, you didn't conquer shit. Right, right. We use the words conquer incorrectly. Right. Because it's so inherent in our nature to think that it's a good thing. Well, that's what we think we're supposed to do. Right. We and and that's... Yeah, that is the wrong idea. <laughs> right, right. I mean, so, you know, you're asking about kind of closing statement, and, that, and that's what I guess I'm coming around to is yeah, yeah. We, we, we've got to stop this empirical nature in which we walk the earth. We're trying to get out into space. I believe in that. I believe that humans should get out and explore. I believe us to be explorers, not conquerors. I want right. people to change the, our basic message is a band. Change your world. Right. I want people to change their world. Now is the time. This is the time to say what you mean and play your part. Whether it's like you said, if we're all on the front line because we're back here being on the internet, we're having podcasts, we're being artists, we are doing and playing our part because we are being supportive of a movement. Right. And being part of a movement, you know, that those are usually the things. Movement is what starts a revolution. Right. And, and I'm not just talking about, uh, politically speaking, let's, let's step outside of the metaphor and look at how a machine works. It requires movement to get an, a, an evolution or the revolution of a fucking motor into action. Uh, so... Whether you're looking at it from the side of physics or whether you're looking at it from the side of politics, right now there's a movement building. That movement is causing change. People, this is the time to change things around you. Do it. Do it for and do it positively. Right. But let's not. Let's get rid of all of the old negative rhetoric and look at things with a positive outlook. Right. You're in a, you're you're in a new beginning. Treat it as such. Right. This is our chance to walk. You know, in the idea, walk with the angels. But well, it's a chance to make something beautiful again. It right. really it really is. It's like to me, whenever we lose everything, because I've lost everything. I know you have too before. And when we lose everything, at first that's depressing. But what you got to realize is that just opened a whole new door. To start making beautiful things and impacting people in beautiful ways, and you're so on and so forth. Yeah. You're now stronger because of having lost those things. Right. Right. You know. Yeah. We, we as a society, this is not a 
not the American thing. I have, yes, I feel American, but I feel way more like I am from planet Earth than I've ever felt like I am somehow a patriotic American. Well, yeah, you know? yeah, man, yeah. Um, totally. I, I, I'm a human. You're a human. We're all sitting here living and breathing the human you, experience. And I might add, with a ton of other great creatures and everything all the way down to trees. And I, right. I'm not talking about tree-hugging shit. I'm talking about all of the living things right. that we share this planet with. That the ecosphere. Experience, the living, breathing aspect of just being a human and being right. on planet Earth. And we, th we, we throw that away every day for what you were talking about earlier, the nine to five. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And, and I think a big portion, I want to add to what you're saying here, is that you're talking about community. It's exactly what you're talking about. Like, and I, I say this very, very much, is that if we keep going the way we're going about, I, me, and mine, and don't view this, just like what you said, you know, you shouldn't even view it as being an American, but being on earth and being a human and start viewing this as we need to help each other. This shit gets a lot better. But if we keep going, I, me and mine, we destroy this shit and your grandkids have nowhere to be. So exactly. wake up. Exactly. Right. Straight. Yeah. You can keep going if you want, man. that we have to remember 
when somebody's being indoctrinated with this kind of shit, they're being told that they're going to tell you this, and you're and and fuck that because your response to that is this, 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 and this. You know, just listening to how they argue for the Confederate flag. Right. Right. Which is a symbol of hatred and racism. Right. It doesn't matter how you draw the line fucking through it. I had a, we, we talked about this. I had a, a family members. I mean, I'm a Dalton. You know, if you look back at, at the history of my family, it's, it's not like it's a, it's a private fucking situation. You can read all over the internet what the Daltons did during the Civil War, and mostly, obviously, they're famous for what the dumb, dumb youngest brothers did after the Civil War. But what the older brother did while riding with Quantrell uh, is some straight horrific war crimes. My family were war criminals after the Civil War and hunted with right. the James and, and rode with the James gang. They did that. All of them were hunted with bounties due to war crimes that they committed. Huge racial atrocities like in Lawrence, Kansas and such. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, and I have a Confederate flag folded the same way it's, uh, a flag is folded when a family member has passed because that is part of my family history. That flag is folded because those those parts of my family have passed, the memories have passed, and that flag gets put away with a distinction of what it meant historically. And something else that you started bringing up that I wanted to expand on, and I'll do so now, is the statues and such that they're taking down. Yeah. I oh, believe yeah. very strongly those statues need to be taken down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And I use the word need, but what I believe strongly is they need to go into a facility where they're not just getting cut they need to go to some sort of legitimate facility that is there for generations like the Louvre. Right. So so that you can see it. You can go and look at what racism did in America. Right. And it needs to have stuff added to it every year. Well, yeah, no. Racism is officially gone. Yeah, it needs needs to be educated to... Okay, so this... I'll say this. So... Most of the time, I think especially before now, when racism would occur, would occur and, and like Rodney King, for instance, right, is that, you know, it, it would be damn it, uh, not taken seriously, not documented. It would be spoken around, not spoken to, as to why this happened. And so we know the cops were racist that did that, right? But we need that backstory more investigation into knowing if there's a group of people that believe that way, which I, I think is evident there is. Um, I can tell we, I got another 10 minutes worth of conversation. It actually won't take that long, but finish your statement, and then I definitely have a direction to go. Okay, go for it. That's all I had to say. Well, um, inside of our police forces, inside of our military, inside of pretty much every police organization and we're dealing with FBI, CIA, DEA, uh, ICE, obviously the list goes fucking on. Right, right, right. it does. You've got all of these police organizations inside of America and the one thing that they all have in common is 
people on their force are part of the organized white supremacist movements. Right, right. And I, white national movements. I, I, I believe movements, firmly that, too, yeah. Now, those movements themselves are hyper-organized. Those movements have agendas. Right. Those movements don't just have agendas, they set forth missions. Right, 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 Those right. missions are very, very specific in their basic form, which is to, when given the opportunity, do it on the side of white supremacy, not on the side of Uncle Sam America. Right? They... That's where they get to bend to their personal agenda. They get to, so you got fuck tons. I call it infiltration. Right. Like no, it, it is. An, it is part of it internal is. American terrorism right. is the infiltration of the white supremacist movement, white national movement, in through 100% of our military, all of our emergency response, and all of our fucking police-oriented tactical units. All of them. All of them are infiltrated by white supremacists at this point. Which I, I think is pretty apparent, you know. Right. Yeah. And it's not like they get to root them out. You don't get to call those systems fucked just because they've been infiltrated. Right. Like it's like a mole. It's like a mole hunt. Like right. It's, no, Gabe, it should be like a mole hunt. It should be. There's a mole in the department. There's a mole in the department. No, there's, the thing is, there's like, let's give it a, 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 a head count. You've got a police force with like 50 or 60 guys, right? All of them on constant rotation. Okay? You've got... 15 to 20 of these guys that are highly white supremacists organized within the same local group they all go to the same meetings they talk to the same people they keep it all hush hush and they sure as fuck never talk about it at work right and they go to work every day and guess what their boss is part of it too and guess what his boss is part of it too and they get to do something specific because they're bosses they get to decide who's on patrol together Right. And so they make sure that good cops aren't riding with bad cops. Right. So that good cops, so that, gives, so that gives the bad cops the opportunities to do the fucked up shit that the movement wants them to be doing. You get to do that when you and your partner are both fucking bumping elbows and being like, oh, dude, this is our fucking day. Check this out. We just pulled over a black guy and a black girl, and this is a fucking dark part of town. Let's let's see where this goes. They might even be fucking betting some money back behind the fucking wheel before they even get out of the fucking car. You know what I'm saying? I know exactly what you're saying. And so... Yes, there are good cops. Yes, there are bad cops. On the side of that idea of the good cop, bad cop within the realm of what's happening with the police brutality in these areas, I highly, highly uh, push that there are no good cops down there. Good cops down there would not be allowing that to happen. Hey, I've got a 970 number coming in, and I'm expecting to get a call from somebody. I have to take this. I don't know what it is. Okay. I might be able to come back to you, but I'm not. No, no, no. We're, we're good, man. we got a bunch on here. I'll be okay. here. You have a good Bye. evening. This concludes my interview with Reverend T. Gabriel Williams. This concludes the recording. Destroy it immediately.